This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Blake Rafino, and this is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive, massive show in store for you tonight as we're going down to Tallahassee. Our buddy TJ Pinger will be joining us at 7.30, game one. Let's go talk about him because I think it is a playoff game, really, in the making. 
So looking forward to talking about Florida State. As football is here, it is football month, baby. You got a preseason game on Thursday. So many trinkets coming out of camps. Because there are some week zero games. Why you have to call it week zero, I don't know. Why are we calling it week zero? I don't know. But we will get to a little bit of that. Camp dates are set. We will be out there for the full practice on Thursday as LSU kicks off everything. It's going to be really, really fun to be back on the Ponderosa. Something that I thought was interesting uh, in the press release today, they did mention, or it was mentioned by Michael Barnett that sent the email in reference to Brian Kelly addressing like an NFL type of team. He will address injuries and location and timetable. So I did think that that was pretty interesting. I wonder if he does that during camp. I mean, just during camp, like does he do that during the season? Because it really doesn't benefit him uh, to do so. But you know what? I mean, <laughs> more power to him, man. And more power to Brian Kelly for allowing the media to be there. Now, I, do, I think it's going to be a lot like it was last season. We're there for pretty much all of camp. And once camp is done, you're not going to practice, which I'm okay with. I am 1,000% okay with. So we'll talk about camp. We'll talk about those dates. Rafino's rant. I, I got I know this doesn't really affect LSU, but maybe it does. Maybe it does affect the SEC as a whole. I don't think that it will, but I do want to talk about this Pac-12 thing very, very briefly. They want to go to Apple TV streaming. Guys, the Pac-12 is done, as we know it. The Pac-12 is done. You exclude two-thirds of the country, if not more, by doing that. It is it is very, uh, very dumb. So... We may talk about that as well. In that camp, I did throw, I did not I didn't mention this, but in the camp, we'll we talked about the front seven. We'll talk about some guys that we are hearing. I put this on our message board too, but some guys that we're hearing coming out of this summer that have looked really good. We'll talk about that as well. Maybe just give you an idea of some guys that we're kind of paying a little bit more attention to. Uh, LSU got another commit in Legacy and J.D. LaFleur. I do think it's a little interesting, though, because brother can't even go to the doctor anymore. Oh, this guy's 30 minutes late. Well, you know, I have a family and not a high school-sized chin strap, but nevertheless, can't even go to the doctor anymore um, when a commit breaks. Guess you just got to be sitting there on your phone when you have to go to the doctor. No uh, real deal. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So we'll do that. We'll go around your SEC. Saints update. We will get to it this time. As guys, Jimmy Graham has been a little bit unguardable during camp. All the reports coming out from media, from coaches, Jimmy Graham looks pretty good. What does the Saints have in Jimmy Graham? I, I mean, I, I hate to throw this out there, but a lot of people said that this guy wasn't going to make the team. And now he's unstoppable in camp. So what does that mean? We'll talk a little Saints update, and as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake. Thoughts, questions, concerns, fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat. We'll get to as we'll get to as many of them as we can. My guy C King from the Talking Tigers Sports Group on Facebook. He says, "Hey TJ, LSU 
by 14. I love it. I love it. Randall says Baton Rouge broke the all-time high temperature record in the state of Louisiana, 104 degrees. I'm not going to get uh, political, but, I mean, come on, man. It's a, a crackhead spoon has never been hotter than what it is right now. The hottest that it's ever been in Louisiana was when you heard a song, a rap song come on and goes, from the 9-9 to the 2000s. That's the only time it's ever been this hot. And it was hot today, man. Ready for some coolness. But, it, guys, it's August the 1st. It's August the 1st. We're just getting into the midst of it. So, when we're out there in camp, we're going to have that ammonia water available. We're going to have bottles of water. Call me Paul Skeens because I'm going to have about 66, 67. Actually, you know what? I'm going to have 20 different bottles of water uh, available to me. Randall says, where is that first fall cool front? I did talk to my buddy, uh, Josh Eaches, W from uh, WBRZ. He was at the Matt Trent wedding, which I should have let off yesterday. Congratulations to the Trents. Are, are, are a big-time guest on this platform and this show. Our buddy Matt Trent uh, got married this past Friday. My wife Megan and I went and attended. The party favor was legit for men, or really for anybody. They had these hats. Look at this. Like, this is one hell of a hat right here. One hell of a hat. I wanted to wait until he got back and we had him on the show so I could wear it, but... One hell of a hat. One hell of a hat. Don Juan says, Billy Napier reminds me a lot of Mike Norvell. I think Florida should give him give him time to build and Florida will be fine. TJ's going to hate me saying that. Um, Don, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I don't trust Billy Napier play calling. At all. At all. Um... You know, a game that we broke down the other day, I, I kind of sh probably should mention it, but I was what I, I mentioned it yesterday. I was watching the uh, LSU Florida film from this past year. I, I just, there are just times that I really question. Now, if he scored a lot of points on LSU, he was in his bag in that first half, but once Matt House got a little bit of idea of what he's doing, they, they shut things down, man. And so, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not a big I've never been a massive Billy Napier fan, never will be. Uh Chad says watching all the way from Peru had to get away from the hectic wedding festivities. Well, Chad, I gotta tell you, I hope that you're not uh in the wedding. You know, that'd be awkward. Your wife would hate me. But I don't blame you. And I hear you. Thank you for watching us from all the way in Peru. Slat on YouTube says, I just felt like in the past years, LSU gave up too much info on their injury updates. It kind of gave opposing teams more time to figure us out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but, I, and I understand what you're saying. I'm just not going to really question Brian Kelly on if he's going to give camp updates or not, because the truth, I don't think he's going to do it during the year. Maybe he does, but I don't think he's going to do it during the year. And I just think that, you know, look, man, what do you really have to hide? And here's another thing, too. 
for a lot of these days, the media is going to be out there anyway, and a lot of times for the full practice, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, we're going to see it. If a guy gets carted off, we're going to see it. A lot like how the media had the Joe Burrow thing. Media is obligated to be there, so yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter if they're going to be, if we're going to be there anywhere. Or anyway, C. King says it's hotter than a dope fiend uh, lighter. <laughs> it's hot, boy. Man, it is hot. I, look, I don't know what we got to do to change this, but it's too hot. We all need to come together and say, F this magic. It's too hot, man. It's too hot. I'm going through three or four shirts a day. Not really, but I should be. Uh, DK says, yeah, and we are practicing football at 2.30. It's hot. <laughs> It's hot out there. What's up, Big Pressure? Jamie Penn. What's up, guys? Penn does say Napier will be the next SEC head coach fired. It's interesting. I don't I, I don't know if I can agree with that, Penn, because I do think if Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri has a bad year, they're gonna pull the plug from him. If Billy goes six and six, seven and five again, I don't Florida does not do buyouts, man. He's got a 30-something million dollar buyout. I just don't see Florida doing it. They're not keen on paying massive buyouts. Now, I, it would be interesting to see if, you know, not just Billy got fired, like would their AD get fired? I, I, I don't I don't know. All right, a couple more, then we'll get rolling. Uh, Perry, what's up, big guy? He says, last year, BK mentioned a few times about it not being as hot as he was told, this year is going to make up for that. Yeah, he, sh he shouldn't have said that. Because, <laughs> I mean, guys, we used to be out there at like 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I mean, first practice is at 945. So it's going to be hot out there, man. The, I hope the media is hydrated. I hope the media is hydrated. Anyway, Rob Boudreaux says, I have a lawn service. I know how hot it is. <laughs> well, God bless you, cuz. God bless you. You've made it through. God bless Rob Boudreaux, man. God bless Rob Boudreaux. Because it is, I mean, man. You need to tell your wife, if you could go through this heat, you can go through anything. If you have a wife. I don't know. Darren says, I hope the Gators keep Billy or Billy Bob Napier for, th for at least five more years. Well, we'll see, man. I mean, look. They're not doing bad in recruiting. Um, I think were they in the top three, top four? That's going to change. That's not going to stay the same. But they he's done some better things in recruiting. So will they give him time to build because he's recruiting at somewhat of a higher level? But Florida can't afford to go 6-7 and seven again this year, I don't think. And look, man, let's call it what it is. You might not like Florida, but when Florida's right, Florida's right. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, do us a favor by hitting the like and subscribe button. Every time you hit that like button, an LSU fan is born. You heard that right. Every time you smash that like button on YouTube or Facebook, for that matter, a new LSU fan is born. Don't you want more fans? Because I do. Hit that like button. And hit the share as well. Share to all those groups, social media pages, wherever you feel inclined to do so. 
If you're watching us on Twitter, hit the repost, not the retweet. And wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, re- rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you for all of us, or all of you that are watching us on Fubo TV. So about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. GMVarnoandSons.com. Don't go anywhere. Camps this week. We talk about it next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back! All right, we got a lot to discuss. I did see one comment I wanted to talk about. Our good friend Stephen Fry is in the building. Our good friends over at Fry Construction Site, Work and Land Development, Oil and Gas Services, Commercial Construction, Aggregate and Soil Hauling, Waste Containers, Demolition. They do it all. Give them a call today at 337-457-5100. But I did see this. Inside of the chat from 256 Moxley, he said, Blake, how many years before BK can start landing top-tier trenchmen? Well, you mean like Zalance Hurd? You mean like Deshaun Womack? You mean like DJ Chester? Because Zalance Hurd was a top-15 prospect in the country. Deshaun Womack was the 25th overall prospect in the country. DJ Chester out of Georgia who was a borderline, another borderline five-star, was the 50-something uh, prospect in the country. And then you move down and you see, like, if you go down the list, I look at Jackson Howard as another guy. A top 150 edge guy is probably going to play the jack position. It's a pretty good haul for the fifth overall class. I look at the 2022 class when Brian Kelly first entered. He got Quincy Wiggins, that was a five-star. Will Campbell, that was a five-star. Emory Jones, that was a five-star. So the narrative out there about Brian Kelly not getting elite trenchmen, well, yes, he has been. And I do feel as if that people need to put some respect on Big Hoss's name. I think you need to put respect on uh, Ori Williams' name. Now, can they land? A def- the defensive lineman from Acadiana and, and Dominic McKinley? 
I, I've been saying for months, and if you've been on the forum, AYSSnetwork.com, I've been telling you, guys, LSU is not behind in this recruitment because all of a sudden, magically, they just appeared. You know, people were reporting that, well, LSU's fifth in the country, or I'm not fifth in the country, fifth in this recruitment, and all of a sudden, they just shut all the way up to being close to the leaderboard, if not taking it over. And I've been saying for months, guys, this is how LSU recruits in-state dudes. They do not use their official visits in June on in-state recruits unless they absolutely 1,000% positively have to do it. They don't. They never have. They never have. So this from 256 Moxley, when are you? When are they gonna be be good, good trenchmen? Well, guys, with all due respect, even if you kind of want to throw Harold Perkins in that to some extent, because he he's on the edge so much. I, I mean, you got six five star, borderline five star guys in the trenches. When's the last time you could say that that happened? Now, Brian Kelly benefits from the state being really high, but. If you're worried about offensive line play, Brian, you had no bones or no reason to say anything about Brian Kelly recruiting offensive line. Joe Cryer, we talked about this last night. He told us that Brian Kelly years ago, when he first got here, identified him and wanted him to play center. So y'all act like this man's not out here recruiting. I just can't i can't uh king ulysses says blake uh can't wait to see how the o-line shapes up uh munsford i think you mean lunsford but i'm with you heard or martinez who changes in the lineup well i think that mason lunsford because of experience uh king ulysses is one of the guys that you have to circle immediately if he does not out there day one and starting i do feel that he is going to be What's the word I'm looking for? I do think that he is going to be um, pushing very hard for one of the guard spots. And so, look, I mean, let's get into it because I don't want to read comments uh, for 30 minutes. And I, before TJ gets on here, I want to talk about the Pac-12 stuff. But, look, campus here, man. Thursday, opening day, that media is allowed in there. You get the first 15 minutes, I think it is, with camera and – all that stuff, and then you can go into the rest of practice, but you can't shoot anything. It's a lot like last year. Actually, it's identical from last year. Once that 15 minutes is up, you can't post. You can't talk on the phone. There's a lot of things you can't do. We'll be there to talk about it. But there are some key players and key guys on this team that I think that you're – some of them you know, but some of them that you're going to have to keep your eye on. I think LaTerrence Welsh, the corner out of Acadiana – He's a guy that you're going to have to keep – the Kadiana area. You're going to have to keep your eye on him because a lot of people are really high on him. I talked about Jackson Howard earlier. Virtually, to some, believe that he's been a little bit unblockable when he knows the defensive system and scheme. Well, he's had all summer to work on that, and I think he's a guy that you just have to keep your eyes on. Javian Taviano is another one of those guys. Zalance Hurd. You know, I, I'm hearing that, you know, from people – 
inside that building that Zalance heard, like, hey, Blake, he, he, he's not your typical freshman coming in here. It's like he's already been here a year with his strength, with his footwork, with his conditioning. Can he continue to put it all together with the playbook? And that's not a knock on him. That's every freshman that comes on board here, right? Like every single freshman has to learn. You would have liked to have gotten him as a midterm enrollee. Well, you don't. You didn't get guys like Harold Perkins. But as the season went on, you couldn't keep him off the field. You did. Here's the truth. Harold Perkins did not play a position last year. He just he was a football player running all over the place. Zalancer being another guy. There are some receivers. I've talked about him at nauseam. The you know Thursday. I'm so intrigued, so intrigued to see a guy like Aaron Anderson out there in the flesh. How are they going to rotate those three, four, five guys that they have a receiver? I think that we're not going to know the core group, the real true core group at those, at that receiver position, maybe other than two, and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas. But I still think that there's going to come a day where, hey, man, Aaron Anderson's going to be in that slot. He's going to be doing a lot of things. You know, you talk to people. He's taking – I said this three, two, three weeks ago, and I did it in my write-up on the on our message board. He's taking jet sweeps and pop passes 60, and just so you know how like seven-on-seven seven works down in, in the summer, when a guy's touched, he's down. Guys, he was not being touched. You can take that as, man, the defense didn't do good, or you take that as – Aaron Anderson is the five-star that everybody thought that he would be. There's no two players. We talked about Omar Spates last night, but the two guys that we listed three weeks ago that have been just making headway, that everybody's turning their head towards. One of them, the first player we talked about was Omar Spates. We put the article out there about Aaron Anderson. Two, I guess you can say transfers. Two guys you did not have on your team a year ago. One of them being a red-shirted freshman. One of them being a red-shirted senior. <sighs> I know you don't want me to get on this tangent. I know you don't want me to get on this tangent. But y'all better like y'all better pray that the portal does not go away. Because if those two guys continue, continue. No, Tubby, Tuberville put in his, um, in the bill that he want. You know, like after what? I think it was what six semesters. I think that players can transfer. That's not going to work. Like is would is summer considered a semester? Because if so, then all right. Well, whatever. But. Aaron Anderson has been everything that he has advertised. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the guy, when we come out here on Thursday and we do our show and we're talking, everybody and their mama is going to be saying, damn, Aaron Anderson looks really good. Yeah, <laughs> barring injury. Now, we're going to be out there for the full practice. I don't think it's going to go that long. I think it's a... An hour, hour and a half uh, practice. We'll go in there. We'll talk to Brian Kelly, see what he says. And I'm tempted. I'm, I'm just really tempted to ask him about Aaron Anderson. 
because of the buzz that surrounds him. The truth is, man, and we will talk about, we'll have to continue to talk about this until Thursday. The buzz around this season, the buzz around this team is something to be excited about. It is 1,000% something to be excited about. You know, we looked at the baseball team a year ago. We looked at Kim Mulkey, and we said, hey, man, year two, you've got a lot of talent that's in that building. you got a lot of talent that's in that room from either players that you recruited or players that you got out of the portal. I just think that this team's in line for a really good year. Do you have the question marks? We've talked about them at nauseum. Sorry, guys. I had to go to the I, damn acid reflux. But guys like LaTerrence Welsh, guys like Aaron Anderson, guys like Jackson Howard, guys like Omar Spates have been standing out. And I cannot tell you, I cannot emphasize this enough. Omar Spates being next to Harold Perkins lets him roam free and do what the hell he needs to do. Don't perk. Don't worry about getting the play calls in. Don't worry about that. Don't really even worry about getting guys lined up. Let Omar do that. Go play football now that you know the system. And I'm going to be real with you. You want to hear the truth? Offensively, with Anderson, you didn't really have a guy like a, you know, there are coaches that will tell you this. You go to any coaching clinic, you go to, you talk to anybody that's a defensive coordinator. Coaches love when the receiver can stretch the football or, or stretch the field vertical and get the ball down the field. That's a given. What they won't tell you is a guy like a Jalen Waddle who's catching a pass at the line of scrimmage and taking it 12, 13 to potentially taking it to the house. That is Aaron Anderson. That's him. So the biggest performance performances this summer, like I'm uh, not Landon Abietta, um, Matthew Langua. Like we've talked a lot about the safety group. Can he stay healthy? Because Matthew Langua and LSU posted this, I think, too. I, I, I do forget if they posted this. Matthew Langua, pretty much from Coach Flint and the gang, is like, hey, man, if you stay healthy, I think that you're going to be an issue. We'll find out and we'll see. So we go into this Thursday, before I get to the comments, we go into this Thursday asking ourselves some very brief questions. What do you look like on the O-line? You pretty much know. You know Jaden's going to be QB1. Noss is going to get some reps in there. You know the two wide receivers that are going to start out on the outside and or inside with Malik Neighbors. I fully expect Aaron Anderson to be in, at, at number three. That's just my opinion. We'll see how that works. Is there a guy like a Kyron Lacey that gets involved because he's been in the system for a year? He knows the reps and, rep, uh, the reps and how the offense is going to be working it's going to be good to see mason taylor back out there mason smith and others there's a lot of things that has to go down thursday we will be here live to talk about it with you at 7 p.m central standard time but the bottom line is is that you have dudes all over the place you have a potential nfl game wrecker and pass rusher in jackson howard he's going to back up a, a sixth year senior in ovia gofu 
So your talent, your depth is really you hadn't seen in a long time. The roster construction on this team is what elite coaches do. Elite coaches do. You truthfully have probably seven interior defensive linemen that you feel pretty good about that can rotate in and out if need be. Maybe one, Taiji Hill, how does he progress? Bryce Langston's been here a while, man. Bryce Langston's been here a while, and Orgeron used to rave over him, and we hadn't seen him. What's Bryce Langston look like? So there's a lot of things that we're going to answer on Thursday. I'm fired up to do it. Let me mention this very quickly because I know T we got to get to TJ Pittenger in a minute. They're already telling me about uh, uh, that he's here. So let's let me just say this one last thing because the Pac-12 did announce this. I just want to mention it. The Pac-12 is dead as we know it. The Pac-12 is dead as we know it. I don't care what anybody says. You mean to tell me that you're going to try to ask other fan bases from other conferences to pay for an Apple TV per, uh, a subscription for people to go and watch USC? Hell no. Hell no. Now, it's not going to be through this year, and I get that, and USC is going to be out. I'm not going to go watch Oregon. I'm not going to go watch Washington. I'm not paying for multiple subscriptions as a normal human being, even though I cover the sport. I don't care. I'll wait till the replay. I'll stream it illegally online. It doesn't bother me. What is the Pac-12 doing? Are your views that bad? Are your views that bad that you have to go to a streaming service like ESPN? Like, man, how much are you going to give us? We'll give you $20 million. Ah, we can't do that. Well, you're going to have to take it or leave it. That's what we're offering you. And because USC, because UCLA has left, that LA market's out. Man, what, what people ain't watching the game up in Seattle. They want to drink foam lattes and Starbucks. They want to knit, ha uh, knit hampers and shit. People in Seattle aren't watching, wa watching, watching Washington like people are watching the teams in the Southeast. But my God, you better pay that $79 subscription. $79.99, so $80 subscription, which I need to call. I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting YouTube, uh, YouTube TV. Y'all let me know how that is. But I'm not paying Apple TV for a damn thing, and neither are you. Conference has been run into the ground, and I don't think that they're going to be a conference. Good luck to them because they're going to need it. All right, let's talk about our, talk to our good friend TJ Pinger. We're going to Tallahassee. I shouldn't do that. He was so great to me on his show. You know, he let LSU win in the simulation. So I got to be nice to TJ. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. And our good friends are my good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. TJ Pinger. Let's talk Florida State next. He will sell your house and find you anew. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. 
Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. T.J. Pittenger. What's up, buddy? Yeah, I like that song, bro. He can say, Put that ad back on. That's way better than anything I'll say. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're killing it. They're, ki- they're killing. They're killing. Slapping. It. it was slapping hard. Yeah, you got your yeehaw, honky tonk. I, I feel like I I move closer to Montana and Yellowstone every time I hear that song. Yeah, I'm a country guy. I don't know any of the new music that's out, but like country, like '90s country, 2000s, like that was all me. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I was a big fan of that. Well, just don't be like Jason Aldean. I think. <laughs> trying to get canceled on here i I mean what are you doing i I mean come on anyway tj pinger double fries no slaw joins as he covers florida state i give the floor to you man what's this offseason been like what's camp what's the summer been like what's camp been like if y'all if y'all had it yet tell us how's the summer been for florida state and this football team yeah pretty good um mostly quiet you know not a lot of you know no no injuries florida state got a couple of pickups at the very early part of summer you know post spring Couple of a uh, couple of folks from you guys' neck of the woods. Destin Hill, Keon Coleman added a little bit to the wide receiver room, um, but yeah, no no trouble. So knock on wood, um, no injuries. Knock on wood, and so camp starts on Thursday. Um, Florida State had a really good July where they picked up what nine ten commitments, right? And then another one today, um, all kind of highlighted by the. Big one on Saturday. Charles Lester, five-star out of Sarasota, Florida. Um, they are looking forward to another potential five-star commitment uh, with K.J. Bolden announcing on Saturday as well. So, yeah, summer's been good. A lot of recruiting. Obviously, that's you know the time of the year it is. But uh, looking forward to the season. 33 days away, man. We'll be in Orlando ready to get it going. So let me ask you this. I want to ask you about position groups and then specific players and maybe some things that uh, you're hearing. Keon Coleman is obviously somebody that made a lot of waves because leaving Michigan State, going into Florida State. What can you tell us about the new wide receiver, Keon Coleman? I mean, I think he just makes Florida State's – like Florida State's offense was already going to be really good, right? Like they I, – I believe they uh, finished number 10 in the, in the country last year, both in yards per game and like all the advanced metrics. They were right around 10th, and then they – brought back like 89% of the offense. They, they lost one right. guard. Um, so <laughs> I think that uh, when you look at the production that they brought back, um, they were already going to be really nasty. And just adding Keon Coleman probably makes the – I don't know how any 
secondary really guards what Florida State tries to do. Now, you know, that's not that they can't get stops, right? Like you could pressure and, and try and shut down the run and do other things. But, man, as far as throwing the ball, if Jordan Travis has time, I, I don't know how you match up. So I do think he takes the offense to a completely new level. Um, big kid would be a number one for a lot of teams in the country. Um, 6'4", great catch radius. He he did some nasty things at Michigan State. And so we'll we'll see uh, – We'll see, but I think he makes the offense pretty uh, knocking the door of top five in the country uh, if all things are clicking. It's interesting. You did say that, you know, him getting pressure will be a key thing. I think that that is the key thing in that LSU matchup. I think LSU's front seven, as an example, maybe if they struggle on the outside, can they get pressure up front? They weren't unable to do that a year ago when Mason Smith went down. You talked about that, uh, Keon Coleman. Let's talk about the entire wide receiver group and adding Jaheim Bell. What are your thoughts on – I know you talked about the receiving core a little bit and how good dynamic they can be, but adding another guy like Jaheim Bell, how big is that? Well, yeah, it, it just complements so much of what FSU wants to do, right? Like Florida State mm -hmm. is still going to be run first. As much talent as they've got and as many weapons they've got right now, they still want to run the ball. But – what they have incorporated way more is the run pass option. And so are you going to stack the box? You know, PFF came out with their top 10 running backs for the draft next year. And oh, by the way, number one was Trey Benson. And so are you going to stack the box? And, and, and he really didn't play a ton. Uh, it certainly came on later in the year. Didn't play a ton against LSU. Didn't have a lot of stats or attempts. Do you stack the box against him and the threat of Jordan Travis's legs? Or do you open it up? and give him a chance to go after it. And so anytime that Jaheim Bell and Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson are in the game at the same time, uh, I think it's, you know, I, I think you got to try and double somebody. I mean, Johnny Wilson is 6'7". Jaheim Bell's a matchup nightmare. Um, Keon Coleman in single coverage. I think the Knowles really like that there too. And so, yeah, I think that what their weapons do and what Jaheim Bell does is like every piece of the puzzle just complements every – other piece so well and you talked about pressure they not only have to get pressure they have to get him down and if you remember that florida game last year at the end of the year there was a lot of pressure on jordan travis but he escaped a lot of stuff and made some highlights so he you know he's not incredibly you know he's not cam right he's not running people over right. but i think that his escapability is pretty ridiculous and so they've got to get him to the ground if they struggle to get him to the ground uh, Jordan Travis was top five in, in all of the NCAA last year when under pressure, uh, when getting a pass attempt off, right? So if you're going to get pressure, that's one thing. you you got to get him down, right? you you got to get to him and get the sack because if you don't, he's pretty good under pressure too. You know when you were saying that, you know what the first thing I thought about? Harold Perkins. Yeah. Like that's going to be a matchup. Can – can Perkins get there and get him down? Because I, I know he can get there, and I, I feel pretty confident that he can get him down. Now that he is inserted into this game, because he did not play a year ago in this game at all other than the special teams, do you spy Jordan Travis? Because that I do believe to be key. Is there anything, TJ, though, that worries you offensively? Yeah, just, you know, what our starters are going to do during the second half. Um, 
you know, of games and, and, you know, will they be playing hangman on the sideline or what, you know, how, how early will they be checked out of games? No, I'm just playing. Uh, I I, uh, I mean, I think you, you, you just want to make sure that everything gels, right? Like, I I mean, the talent's there. So I, I don't worry about depth anywhere. Florida state has nine offensive linemen that they're super comfortable with. Um, you know, maybe running back depth a little bit just because Treshawn Ward transferred out. But, man, they really like Toa Philly. They really like Rodney Hill, who are backing up Trey Benson. And then the guy with the ball, you know, quarterback health is certainly something, you know, that all teams want to make sure that they maintain. So I just really think it's about, you know, everything gelling together. Florida State's really confident in their offense. I mean, there, there are certainly more questions that I have on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, it's, it's about staying healthy and just making sure the thing is cohesive. Remember a couple of years ago when the Warriors had, uh, certainly not calling us the 73-win Warriors, where the Warriors had all that talent and you were just like, hey, how's that going to work? How's that going to work together? Like, are people going to be okay with getting the ball less? Are people going to be okay with getting less shot? Florida State's got two guys at wideout that could be number ones in a lot of places. And Jaheim Bell, who would be the number one tight end at a lot of places in this country, are they okay getting less reps in any given game, in any given month, in any given year? Because, hey, we're going to spread the ball out. And there's a lot of talent out there. So how does it gel together? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I'm almost, you know, not, not trying to sound overconfident in the offense. But, yeah, I feel really good about it. And, and I think that I certainly have more questions on the defensive side of the ball. So, I, listen, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This isn't because you were on. I know the clip kind of went a little viral with me saying I'm more worried about Florida State than I am Alabama. A key part of that is the defensive line that Florida State has with Braden Fisk. You got Lovett. You have Jared Verse, obviously. So, I want to I stay – I want to keep it there for just a minute and hold on to that question for you. You said that you have more – worries defensively what are those worries because I I do think you did get a really good corner in Finchel Cypress but so what are those worries that you have yeah I think safety depth is a little bit of a concern um they really like their starters with Akeem Dent and Shaheem Brown backing those guys up um it sounds like they're gonna move Greedy Vance from uh, nickel back to safety there's also some um younger guys that are playing back there in the secondary that just, you know, let's see how they're able to perform. Um, safety depth is is certainly a concern. Linebacking depth, it's really the same linebacking crew that we had last year, and they were able mm-hmm. to stay pretty healthy all year. But if one or two guys go down throughout the year, that could be a position of concern. Now, Florida State definitely plays um, more like four two five as opposed to having like your traditional 4-3 defense out there. So, you can kind of get away with some of that, the way that Florida State plays. But still, if you lose one or two pieces there at linebacker, uh, Florida State's got two really, really good linebackers in Kalen Deloach and Tatum Bethune. And then they really like DJ Lundy, too, as kind of their third linebacker. But if one or two of those guys were to go down, man, you'd, you'd, you'd probably be hurting pretty bad there at linebacker. Um, you mentioned defensive line. I do really like the line. But, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see how the safeties do. I think Cypress is going to be really, really good. I think they like – what they've got out of the corners, um, I think it's just seeing it all come together. Secondary was certainly a liability last year for the Knowles. I thought they did a pretty good job in the LSU game, but um, secondary was a was a concern, and supposedly they've taken a step forward this year. But I, I want to see that before I'm ready to you know write it in stone. 
Yeah, and you mentioned that, TJ, because you have two freshmen backing up those guys at safety, and you have a sophomore that's starting there too, if I'm not mistaken. So, I, I look, we talk about the front part of this, and we're going to get to that in just a second. If there's one area that I worry about this team, I think you nailed it. I think it is safety. But it's interesting to hear you talk about the linebackers because you have two – uh, seniors that are at that position in Deloach and Bethune, are, is it just the depth or are you worried about those two seniors specifically? No, I, I like those guys a ton. I think okay. Tatum and Caitlin do a phenomenal job. I actually like DJ Lundy as well. Um, Kalen is so much like the – they, they both kind of quarterback the defense, though. And if either one of those guys were to go down, I think you the drop-off to who is behind them – uh, is pretty stark. Now, again, Florida State kind of plays a little bit more 4-2-5 and nickel and dime, and it's a passing league, so yeah, that's pretty traditional anyway. But I think that most of the concern is with the depth. I like the front-line guys. It's, we don't really have a ton behind them outside of, you know, talented young guys, but it's a lot of youth um, there in, in the depth pieces. Let's get to defensive line. So I, I said this in the piece. I think that – well, let me ask you because they're – you know, I bring on guests because you cover the team more than I do, and I don't – I want you to make your bones about it because you cover them every day. But let's take Georgia out of the equation because I don't think that that's fair. <laughs> Besides Georgia's, is Florida State a top three D-line? Man, I've seen it projected anywhere from one to five, you know, including, you know, including Georgia, right? And so – I would say three is probably about right. To be very fair, I've not studied every defensive line in the country, so don't come at me in the comments if you're a fan of some random team that I'm not thinking about. But, yeah, I mean, with Braden Fisk getting the number one defensive tackle transfer in the portal, bringing back Fabian Lovett, who was, uh, you know, fifth-year senior guys played a ton. Dude. Hasn't he's stayed a, healthy. He's a dude. Nasty. Um also having Josh Farmer, who Georgia tried to tamper for and got shut down because we increased his NIL. Like, dudes on the defensive line. They're waiting on Daryl Jackson's waiver uh, to hopefully get approved or not. Um, they really love their depth at defensive tackle. And then just to add in, they also have Jared Verse out there, who I think is going to be the top edge rusher off the board this year in April. And they have the ACC Freshman of the Year in Patrick Payton who is phenomenal. They picked up Gilbert Edmond, who I know you guys in Florida were like, they've got legit talent all over that defensive line. That is just super impressive, super deep. Um, not only super deep, but like super star talent, powerful. I, I mean, I certainly think they're the best in the ACC. It's been a long time since you could say somebody else other than Clemson is the best in the ACC when it comes to a defensive line. And I'm not even really that, but, you know, like, if you ask me who, who has the better offensive line, I'd be like, ah, oh, it's a coin flip either way, us or Clemson. I am, I'm pretty confident we have a better defensive line than Clemson. And that's just I agree. You know, for anyone to claim that ever um, with how good Clemson does their on D-line, I think it's pretty, pretty ridiculous. TJ, in studying both of these teams, here will be, here will be just my opinion. Take injuries out of it during camp. I know you can't, but we don't know the players that may go down. I think you have two front sevens that are pretty freaking good, dude. Like, I, I mean, I would not be shocked if this if this game's 24-21 either team. Like, I, yeah. I do think that 
Both of these front sevens are nasty. Now, when you look at this game from a holistic perspective, where do you see this leaning towards? Yeah, I think the two big things that it comes down to are some of the things we talked about. I think that both teams are going to get theirs, right? Like, And so I do. I think it's going to be close in that regard, right? Whether it's 21-24 or 27-31 or something like that, right? I get, right. You know, I think it's somewhere within there. The two matchups that I think are most important are two of the ones that we've talked about. Can LSU find a way to, uh, you know, how does LSU secondary matchup against Florida State's weapons? And then the other matchup, is LSU able to, is LSU's front seven? Because to me, the, the two biggest matchup problems are probably LSU's front seven, Terrell Perkins, the dynamic athlete that he is, against FSU's offensive line, and then as well, Florida State's wideouts and what they're able to do uh, against the LSU secondary. Obviously, if LSU's front seven can dominate and it doesn't let, you know, Jordan Travis get stuff off uh, to the wideouts, then that matchup is minimized. Uh, but I think those are really where the game comes down to. If if Florida if Florida State can take advantage on the outside, and if L, or if LSU can kind of dominate the line of scrimmage, then I, I think that that's where the game is going to be won and lost. You're confident, and I'm serious in asking this because how com- you said you're pretty confident in, in the O line too, correct? Yeah, I think Florida State really likes what they have at offensive line. You know. I, I still think, like, you know, you can like what you have at offensive line as much as you want, but, like, a Mason Smith and a Harold Perkins, like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, you know, it's got to be like the Ravens 2000 offensive line. Well, it's, line. it's no, like, well, it's like Jared Verse. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, come so same, on. Same kind of idea. Like, right. I really like the offensive line, and they're probably one of the better, you know, them or Alabama, probably one of the better offensive lines that LSU will see all year. But, I agree. Uh, you know, at the same time, it's still Harold Perkins. It's still Mason Smith. Like, that's really tough. Um, so I do think Mike Norvell does a really good job of scheming, um, not only to get guys open, but also like, you know, him and Alex Atkins do a really good job of recognizing coverages and recognizing blitz packages and and having to kind of realize what happens there. But I mean, still like those guys are just freak athletes and sometimes freak athletes do freak things. I mean, Jared Verse (laughs) did it last year in the game as well, blocking a field goal, getting a bunch of sack, you know, like he did in the video game we played and stuff too. Sometimes <laughs> the guy just goes off. So, uh, yeah, I think that sometimes dynamic athletes are just – they just do crazy good things. I agree. I, I do like what you said. I think it comes down to LSU's front seven. You know, they added Omar Spates in there too, who won like the Iron Tiger Award, the best offseason or non-playing portion of the year, as I like to call it. But – Nevertheless, I do think you nailed the two position groups. Moving into your season. So yesterday, just letting you letting you know, I'm not saying this because you're on here. I had no I I texted you this morning. Didn't even know that you were coming on the show, so you can um back me up on that. I think that you're gonna win the ACC. Okay. What do you gotta do to do it? I mean, I know that you gotta beat Clemson, but outside of Clemson. What do you? Anything else you're worried about? Yeah, I, to me, it's just I, I don't even I don't want to say I don't care if we don't beat Clemson, but to me, it's not even beating Clemson. It's just not getting tripped up anywhere else. Because if you lose to Clemson, we don't have divisions anymore. Right. So you just we still go to the ACC championship, and so 
if you get tripped up against Clemson, you just got to win out, right? Like you can't lose to Miami. You can't lose to Pitt. You can't lose to Wake. You can't lose. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't lose to any of those teams. And so, uh, honestly, the Clemson game, it, it certainly matters. I don't want to say that it doesn't matter. But the Clemson game doesn't even really matter. Like you, you just got to not get tripped up against any of the other crap in the ACC. And if you do that, you, you, go, to the, you go to Charlotte and you get a chance to play them on a neutral field. Um, and, you know, you see what happens from there. So, yeah, right. you're going to have to beat them at least once. But the the game earlier in the year, again, I don't want to say that it doesn't matter, but it certainly doesn't matter as much as um, the game in Charlotte that you hope to be in. Especially if your goal is just to win the ACC, right? Like, if, yeah, if play, sure. you lose to LSU, like, okay, whatever. Because both of those teams, I, I mean, relatively, I mean, LSU winning the West – Florida State competing to win the ACC last year. So I, that that's a crazy part to me because some of these, you're like, well, you still got a little length. And you know what's so wild, TJ? Next year, okay, it won't matter if you lose those two in the regular season because you're probably going to get in the playoff anyway if you win 10 games and you're in that conference. Yeah. Going around the ACC, I know that you love Florida teams. I know that you love Miami. It, let me ask you this. Is Texas A&M going into Miami week two and clapping them cheeks or what? Man, is Texas, a- Texas A&M is the most um, – They're the most like the intriguing. To me, they're, right? Like, yeah. I just – Texas A&M could go six and six or they could go nine and three, right? Like, right. they could go four and eight, right? Like, they could – there's a huge – like, we all know – like, we can just be family for a minute. We all know Florida's going to suck this year. <laughs> we all know the Florida ceiling is six wins and their floor is four wins, right? Like, that's not like a – I'm not breaking any ground there. Oh. <laughs> we all know that, don't we? I, I am not confident on them, no. Yeah, like Florida's going to suck. Uh, <laughs> A&M could win anywhere from four to nine games. Like, that's crazy. Like, so, I don't oh, know. God. I think A&M's better, but, man, they sure got to step out and prove it. So, I think A&M wins that game, but it wouldn't shock me at all if Miami finds a way to win it. I think Van Dyke... Um, when healthy, I think he plays fairly well. Um, you know, he didn't last year against them. I expect A&M to be better. I expect Miami to be better this year, though, too. So, I don't know. I would pick A&M at this point, but nothing will shock me between those two crap hole programs. So, if it plays out exactly like you said and Billy Napier goes 6-6 six and six again, what happens? I, mean, I think as long as he I, – I, they're not – 6-6, six and six, I don't think they're firing him. Either. I said so the same really thing. Matter. Um, if he, as long as he keeps DJ Lagway committed, I think it'd be fine. If he loses DJ Lagway, there he's in hot water because I think you can, you know, I think that Florida is tired of doing the every three year thing, but they also have like ridiculous expectations. And so he's also, I think the worst thing that could have happened for Napier is what Norvell did last year, right? Norvell mm-hmm. won three games and then five games, and then boom, 10. Well, Florida ain't winning 10 games this year. And their schedule next year gets even tougher. Right. They certainly aren't winning 10 next year either. And so, um, well, Brian Kelly went to LSU, and how many did they win in year one? Right. 10, and then yeah. Lincoln Riley went out, and how many did they win in year one? And Mike Norvell was able to turn it around fairly quickly, right? And so I think that um, – if he can keep Lagway committed and they can show some kind of progress, right? Like if they win six this year and they can find a way to scrape by and win like seven in year three, which that's not even me being a hater. Like their schedule in year three is ridiculous. They got to play UCF. They got to play Miami and they got to play Florida state 
as well as the rest of the SEC schedule that they have every year, right? Georgia, so, Tennessee. Yeah, so they, I think they play Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that that schedule is really tough next year. And so they're not – I mean, honestly, I think that if they could find a way, way to win six games this year and six games next year, I know that that's not – I mean, six games – six wins three years in a row is certainly not what you have signed up for. But I think they should at least give him 2025 in that scenario because he, as long as his recruiting stays up, they got the number three class right now, right? right. So it takes time to get your guys in and get them developed and get them going. So I think they should give him a chance. But yeah, it doesn't, it's certainly not going to be easy over there. TJ Pinger, double fries, no slaw. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. Let everybody know where they can catch you. Yeah, double fries, no slaw, anywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are doing a tailgate for the game, so if you are coming to that, hit me up. Hit Blake up. He'll get you my info. Um, God, my love email is real hard. It's tj at doublefriesnoslaw.com. So if you want to come to the tailgate and hang out with a bunch of FSU fans that will only give you a little bit of crap, but then have a bunch of booze and Jeffrey's <laughs> chicken, then come hang out with us. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Love you, man. I love you too, man. Later. All right, that's TJ Pinger. Um... Let's get to one more break. I'm going to have to call it a little bit soon tonight. Actually, um, let me just tell you about our good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage. If you're buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, or even doing a cash-out refi, let them know that Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Let me get on out of here. I got to roll. But we'll see you all tomorrow. Big day Thursday. See you all soon. Peace. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.